Hey, this is Dan, and I'm with my wife. Sarah, or SJ. She just did a little pose for an audio medium, everybody. <laughs> I did. I curtsied. You curtsied. SJ. Jeez, oh, already. <laughs> and Dan's dying, so this I want to thank everyone for listening. <laughs> This is our first episode. I already have tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, welcome to the Ed Couple. We review horror movies every week with uh, our some good, some, some bad. bad. And for anyone who actually knows what they're talking about in regards to cinema, we are not film majors. We're not film experts. We are not. Definitely not. We are just two fans of the genre. Uh, who better first than the host of Last Podcast on the Left? Literally one of the funniest guys I've ever so met in the world. Funny. Henry Zabrowski, everybody, a, a horror fanatic. He puts us to shame, and he's reviewing Hereditary. It's an Ari Aster modern horror. horror Ari, <laughs> fuck this. I'm already fucking up our first intro. Yeah. It's a masterpiece. It's a modern masterpiece of a horror movie. <laughs> it, it teaches you two things, okay? Everything you think is good is secretly trying to kill you, and two, who needs goblins, demons, and ghosts? When you have naked old people. I think that those are the two big lessons from this episode, Sarah. What do you think? Yeah, I was just staring at Dan while he talked about everything that's good for you or that you think is good for you. You just were nervous I was having a stroke. Yeah, no, I was watching because I'm like thinking of all the shit he's been eating lately. And I'm like, it's really going to kill you. I'm I'm trying to say I'm eating healthy, but we, we both, first off, we both just fucking ate a pepperoni pizza. I'm wearing a t- matching tennis outfit, and I don't play tennis. So I'm in the physical fit <laughs> world mentally. Um, um, no, this was this is a great movie. I remember seeing it with Dan in the theaters when it came out. And Henry is such a delight. And just he really just loves horror. And I think he j- it's just something he watches. It's like all yeah. he watches. Doesn't watch reality. Doesn't watch television. He watches horror. So but, we appreciate him being our first guest. But really, you do not need special effects if you just have an average American body over 65. Who True. needs Dracula when you just have a tuft of gray pubes with a scrabble piece in it? You getting all hot and bothered? Where's huh? the scrabble piece? Well, you know, you lose... Uh, you oh, know, in you your lose... butt crack? No, in the pubes. You can lose some... No one in their mind, no one has ever lost a Scrabble. Maybe you have. I've seen those views. (laughs) I'd also just like to point out that when Dan and I first started dating and he got out of bed, coins fell out of his butt crack. So just. Yeah, that's how you knew I was the one. (laughs) I was like, jackpot, literally. (laughs) Let's fucking get to the podcast. I love you. I love you. I wish I could shield you from the knowledge that you did what you did. But your sister is dead. She's gone forever. Today's guest, we're so excited to have him over Zoom, is uh, an actor, comedian, and podcast host, Henry Zabrowski. Henry Zabrowski, everybody. One of my oldest friends in comedy. One of the hosts of Last Podcast on On the the left. left. One of the most successful podcasts out there. And he's wearing Dude. a Faces of Death hoodie, so you know he hasn't changed. He's also a great actor. You're a very good actor, Henry. You remember. You remember. <laughs> no, you can do no, all no. of it. I love to. I just, it's been awesome. It's been too long, Dan. It's um, been too you long. You look great. You guys both look great. I can't Thank believe. You. To be honest, I'm just so happy. You look happy. 
You look energized. It's, it's the lighting. We have happy fat right now. So we're, <laughs> yeah. that's what I've told that's myself. I'm like, I'm actually like in a good place. And that's why I'm putting weight on because I'm, I'd rather. Happy. Yeah. I'd satisfied. rather just relax. And it also eat. would helps protect against shrapnel. <laughs> that's what I found. Is like, if you're ever in that sort of scenario, it does help project against it. But I refuse to say that. You but I'm amazed that you uh, didn't put the weight on back on during pandemic because a lot of people put it on. Like mm. I thought you would have come back like 200 um, pounds heavier or something like that's that. That's really I, nice. I, don't know. I swung back. No, honestly, I me too. I swung back like 10 pounds. But you yeah, know what it was? Is that nothing, I lost. Um, I lost my mind. I just had to do something. Mm-hmm. So when I I started working out like I was in prison. Like really? I was dude, I looked up like the Bronson, the like you. Was All your workouts out, are just know, blowing the, different guys. <laughs> just, <laughs> you would blow a new like, guy every day. Back, back of my neck and my shoulders are just jacked for me sucking off a dumbbell. <laughs> well, I am a. I just needed to do something, so I got real into yoga, and I got really into. Um, I applied. All of that, like the rage I felt about, yeah. like it kind of felt like life was um, passing me by, mm-hmm. and really essential years of my youth were being uh, deleted entirely. So in order to do that, I just kind of furiously worked out, and I learned to meditate, and then um, I abandoned it all as soon as the world opened back up. I just went right back to just drinking like a maniac. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you uh, didn't pickle yourself. I do have a question about this yoga. You didn't do anything else. You did yoga I did. and weights. I taught myself how to do kettlebells. Okay. Um, yeah. And I would walk for hours. I would just leave yep. my house and I would just walk for hours and hours and hours listening to something horrible. Mm-hmm. Like it's always like some f- long form of true crime something. That's what or Dan my, and I fall now, asleep to. Yeah. We do. That's what we do. Yeah. Our family is the same. Mm-hmm. We have not. Our true crime consumption has not lessened. Bro, bro let me tell you a in podcast. The last several years. This is a, not a good true crime podcast, but it's the best true crime podcast if you just want to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And that is Human Monsters with Morgan Rector. Have oh. you ever listened to Human Monsters? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'll look that he up. He kind of talks like this, and uh, it's he my talks favorite. Like, this like for and, and he'll be like, I it'll know. be like a dad who molested all his kids. He goes. Uh, and <laughs> get for the fourth molestation story, and then he goes, huh, "Talk about father of the year." Yeah, like, I hate, <laughs> I hate it. I understand. I know why people have a visceral reaction to me to making jokes about true crime, but it's when the serious true crime podcasters throw in like little like barbs or oh, little, short like, and scale mm. is the king of that. that oh, dude. that kid, yes, yes. he's such Mike a mansplaining. <laughs> Wait, but we I should love be dreading. nice. We should dreading, be nice. Yeah, dreading's good. <laughs> no, but I, I love dreading. I love explore with us. I like watching those things I got really into. And then, honestly, also, hours of old Howard Stern clips because I just want to remind myself I'm 39 years old. Mm-hmm. And you, you, really and you as I. It. Well, b- yeah. before we get, Henry, to the actual plot, oh, yes. which, uh, which Sarah will be breaking down, mm-hmm. what's the scariest thing that's happened to you in the past week or past month? Okay. It, let it me, doesn't have let to be think. like spooky, spooky. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, how much you own taxes, you know? Um, I don't even want to get into think, it. Think, I don't think, even want to fucking think, get into think it. Think blank canvas, okay? I just, yeah, I just went. My eyes just rolled back. <laughs> Actually, I was just at the uh, Cruel World Festival in, uh, uh, we were, it was at the Rose Bowl here. It was like a full goth festival um, that was, uh, it had 
Gary Newman, mm-hmm. Iggy Pop. It was awesome. I think I saw and a picture they had of Iggy a, Pop when you were there. You, you he was Iggy. great. Yeah, yeah. Great. I fucking can still, like, you know, it's that fun thing where you watch because he's like 75 or whatever, and you're like, yeah. oh, his legs still work. It's good to see. <laughs> but they well, he's one of those guys who got addicted with. to heroin and then is like, all right, I'm just going to do CrossFit for the rest of my fucking life. Yeah, he's, it's yeah, just he's, him and uh, his parrot. Not an ounce of fat on that body. No, he's very lithe and he can still do it. He's got weird hip dysplasia like a like a German well, he shepherd. He's 75. Like, one, one is kind of been like higher than the other for some reason. Um, but they had to evacuate us due to lightning. And oh, so wow. there was a it actually was kind of like there was a moment in time where they put a big flashing red, like, we must evacuate right now. Lightning's coming. We're like, ah, oh, fuck this. But there was like that feeling where you're like, yeah. oh, people kind of starting to get kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And we, people were trying to get out of these emergency things. So that was kind of like, it felt a little children of many. Yeah, like I would be nervous about kind of, a stampede. I got scared. But then what was nice is it was like reality check. Oh, everybody here is a goth. Yeah. No one's moving fast. <laughs> Everyone was just slowly real. It was a real slow ev- emergency evacuation. Yeah. yeah. Where it was a very spooky in and of itself. Yeah, you can't really be was... Usain Bolt when you have dipping dots in your pocket. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> you have to get your parasol. You have to get all of your shit together. So that right. was kind of spooky. I just love and like also... the got the makeups like coming off him as they're like crying and running away from the lightning. <laughs> you know? Yes. Oh, God, yes. This is the most gothing of all death. We're facing our deaths. But they were really, honestly, it was very. It it was really fun, but that was probably the spookiest thing that happens to me. It's it's hard out here, man. I, I feel like I haven't had a genuine spooky moment in Los Angeles. Oh, interesting. But, There's so many ghosts, I feel like, in the Hollywood Hills. If you ever go up there, you just feel the yeah, energy. Or, it creeps, like, or yeah. the comedy store open mic. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, just as many. It's just been as a many. Since I, I felt the full yeah. on wall of dread of an open mic, but mostly you feel the, the spirit of Louis to... Anderson blowing on the back of your neck. Ah, oh, remember? Rest in yeah, peace. Just... Rest wait, in wait, peace. Keep going, Henry. Don't, don't. Just oh, feel sorry. the top. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. You feel the top of his tits right in <laughs> your back, being like, "That's how you know." You know, it's like you can kind of feel his two hard nipples, like right at the your middle of your like your your You're fucking like, oh, Fuck! Someone close to me is gonna die. but i also suffer from the phenomena of being too horny for it people i want it too bad i want to see scary shit i know that like you know the scariest stuff i've really experienced was i experienced something weird at the winchester house i saw a weird orb in atlanta but i've really never seen anything in the city Except for, like, I did go through a little bit of a saga on last podcast on the left when one of my, like, I went through a period of time where I think you know about this, Dan. I owned one belt. Right? I yeah, I mean, so does Dan. Belt. I, you? Yeah, that doesn't yeah. surprise me. I vaguely remember yeah. this. Dan uses, Dan actually one time used shoestring as a belt. Uh, yeah, when I was and on tour. got to. Because he couldn't find I the one belt. I used an electrical cord when I was on tour with Dan Soder <laughs> at one point. I'm 39, That's guys. The most- <laughs> I will use an electrical God, cord. Like, it's like, like showing people I need this. <laughs> I need you to be at my show. Um, no, it's it, so I've had my belt went missing, and I did not know what. And literally, this belt went missing, and it was when we were moving. So at first, I thought like maybe something weird was going on, but then Amber Nelson, who you also know, she used to come to our apartment yeah. in Los Angeles all the time. She's like, I feel a presence here. Well, <laughs> I, I love feel, Amber, yeah, and then you're but... like. 
Come on. You don't know. I don't know with her. Right? I trust her. She used- I trust her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she used to see ghosts all the time. And so then I. She well, yeah, was, in, I was Saudi in Saudi Arabia. Arabia. I'd be seeing ghosts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She like, she would, she's Her ghost is just shit. a woman without a head, without a hijab, and she's like, oh, yeah, like must no. be a ghost. <laughs> yeah, it's like they just, anytime they saw a woman driving, be like, oh, it's her, be the, <laughs> the, 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 the desecrated bug. But she went and um, saw the, she, but basically, Bell went missing. I asked for it to come back to a bunch of elementals because I was told that that was a way to do it, and literally my belt showed back up. So shit like that does happen to me, and I've had, you know, I got all this spooky shit in my house. So it's like you wonder too, you know. Like I have a John Wayne Gacy drawing. I have all the. You have, I have a like Satan in back of you. You have a picture of actual a little Satan. Where's that? I don't. Well, the goat. The, the 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 goat. Oh, the the devil. I got all my stuff. Yeah, the Baphomet. I got yeah. all this. Shit. But it's just, so you never know. But Baphomet's the devil, more right? of a sign Baphomet? of du- It's or? no. The ba- Baphomet is a sign of duality. It's a it's a symbol of duality. It's oh. about man and woman coming together. That's why he's got one pointing. Garth up, Brooks, Chris Gaines. <laughs> the literally, truly. Two sides of the same coin. Two sides of the same coin. You know, yes. Gar- I found this out. Garth Brooks, his his house, and then we'll get to the movie. Mm-hmm. But his house, because he's more comfortable in a hotel, he's setting his entire house up to look like a hotel. That's so nice, I, actually. It's, it's so funny because does that not make makes me want to blow my brain? Because <laughs> like, hotels make me sad. It depends yeah. you which know. hotel you go to, though. Depends on the hotel. Yeah. Well, we talk about it on tour for last podcast. We're like, there are wife hotels and there yeah. are hotels we should be in. Wife hotels are the ones where it's nice and you go and you're like, oh, because like we we stayed in a couple of those, which was nice. We're, yeah. we're touring right after quarantine was that right. we got to stay in a bunch of great places for half price. Mm-hmm. So right. everything was like was half. So but we're like, oh, no, we're like this is a wife hotel because it's nice. The rest of them are like, you know, we, we really still up until like we, we still stay at like extended stays and stuff. Yeah. where You could see a guy mm-hmm. like you could see the outline of the tape where the guy committed suicide, <laughs> like, in the hotel room. Well, like, or it's like, see like the just blood spatter, spatter that looks like Rorschach <laughs> tests next to the fucking It was room. a breakfast incident, sir. <laughs> Don't worry, it was breakfast. It was a jam explosion, sir. <laughs> well, let's get to this movie, right. man. I am so glad you picked this movie. I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theaters. The movie and is? I think this may be... You have to say hereditary. Her- it's hereditary. <laughs> Thank you. I think Thank it you. may be... Because I was thinking about the best horror movies in the past, like, 10 years, right? So you have, like, what you have, Get Out. You have uh, Barbarian. Yep. You have Midsummer, yep. which is also him. I think this is better than all three of those I was ways. trying to think. You asked me to do the thing, which I've gotten. You know, people say, like, you know, top. what's your top horror movie? What do you want yeah. to talk about? And for a while, you know, yeah, my, my favorite horror movies top five or like everybody's favorite horror movies yeah. because they are they're that they're at the top of the list for a reason a lot of it you know texas chainsaw massacre exorcist but i also like i personally when i think about movies i divide them up into genre because i am a movie like freak i don't watch television anymore right i barely watch television i watch I'm just starting to do Last of Us because Natalie's like, can we just try to be normal? Can we try to understand what? Wait a minute, this is just another horror thing, by the way. Yeah, you're just, you're I know. Just, you're just finding know. A, you just picked a nine-hour horror movie. That's all you did. Yeah, it's literally that's how I view it. Where I was like, it's too long. It's too long. I like my I like my content hour and a half in and out. I like to watch a movie. It's over. Pop so no secession done. for you, huh? 
I, I'll one day I'll see it at some point. I'll get to it. I just can't yeah. do it when everybody else is doing it. But like that's why like we watch nothing but horror movies quite often. Like watch right. a lot of horror mm-hmm. movies, and so I break them up into kind of by genre. And so Hereditary to me is the peak of the what would now be known as like I kind of I'm like, I'm with Joe Bog Briggs where I disagree with the art He's horror. Awesome. Yeah, like moniker, he's the best. But I disagree with the idea that it, some things are high end or high brow horror, where it's like Hereditary kind of started that trend in modern movies of like high quality people showing up and high quote unquote like you know maybe it could be seen by an Oscar panel like yeah. level mm-hmm. of film. Oh, she should have been um, nominated for an Oscar. She for was this. fantastic. Oh, for certain. Yeah, she but wasn't. we must cut fight. For these movies to not get nominated for these things, we must make sure that they stay fringe because once they start getting Oscar nominated, it's going to just be Chris Pratt in every one uh, of these movies. <laughs> well, you know what I think in in the nineties they would try. Like, do you remember that movie Wolf with Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer? Yes, mm-hmm. like they tried with that movie they to be tried. like this is a serious romance drama that happens to be in the horror genre. And it was yes. not great. My friend loves it, no. but it's not it's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think they just like kept bombing trying to do this forever. And now because they figured it out. It's fringe for a reason. Yeah. You know, and I love that. I love mm-hmm. genre for a reason. It's because it's a home for people that I mean, still in horror movies right now are the bastion of the best independent film that is being made. It's all in horror because there's still room for really good ideas and they can work for an audience. Well, it's interesting you say that, Henry, because, and then we'll get to the movie. What? No, we're never going to talk about we're the gonna movie. We're going to get to this movie. But, you know, like a couple of years ago when Tom Cruise had The Mummy and it bombed really bad, and what they were trying to do was essentially do the Marvel or DC universe, but with like the MGM yes. monsters. Mm-hmm. And that just, it just bombed. They, they couldn't, they, it just failed on the. Do you think that, do you think it's like, for instance, like looking at this movie, like, like. Which, because they, they made it an action movie, not a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Right. But do you think you could make it a, do you think you could have like a Marvel universe of horror? Or do you think that that's, like once you start doing that, you start diluting what's so great about horror? I just, I, I mean, oh God, if we, if everything is just in one tent again, if everything's just IP again, it just, at some point we're losing any sort of uniqueness that yeah. any one mm-hmm. of these single pieces of 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 character work and and story could possibly have, because then it's just all look at them now struggling to try to figure out what the fuck do they do now after the Infinity Wars process. You're, it's good, the same thing is going to happen immediately. So now it's what like we have to make everybody kind of a half good guy so they can be their own movie. You know what I mean? Then because then it's that's what we're what we're looking at where everything is going to happen. We're going to see everything become Black Adam. Well, which is I, not we're not where we want to be. No, not where it's we not where be we want to be as a society. Um, but no, I, I, I who knows? But, but the reason why I chose Hereditary is just because I. It's also a comfort movie for me, which is fucked up for my well, wife. That's she up, can't handle it. Yeah. I will watch this movie. I once watched this movie two times in a row. We someone put it on the back during Thanksgiving as a joke. I just kept watching it. <laughs> I love this movie. And this movie entertains me. Like I laugh at this movie. So this is like your Die Hard on Christmas. Yes, that's hereditary on Thanksgiving. Yes, it's really good. Her Thanksgiving is a sleeper holiday for great. 
horror films. Like you just start. I, just, I watch football. Like, make all it day, scary, you know. But I gotta. I know. No, you're yeah. a real red-blooded American. I am mm-hmm. a red-blooded American. You're a real man. Well, let's get to this right. movie. Yeah, let's get to the movie. So uh, it is starring Tony Collette as Annie, Gabriel Byrne yes. as Steve, <laughs> her husband, Millie Shapiro is Charlie, Alex Wolf is Peter, and Ann Dowd, always fabulous as Joan. All right. This film was made for $10 million and the box office $82.8 million. And I believe it premiered in Sundance. And then it was a midnight it was, showing at Sundance. Yep, and then A24. And that's kind of how it got the like that first like, oh, high end, high brow horror. Because it was like it came in through Sundance and a lot of heat. Uh, you know, you got Tony Collette, who's like, you know, it's like driving a Ferrari around. You know yeah. what I mean? Like she's incredible. Yeah, she's, she's incredible. Amazing. And even in this, I mean, the movie, like, because she goes through two major deaths in this movie, and her reaction to each death is completely different. And you realize how great of an actor oh, yeah. she is. Oh yeah. Actually, it's three deaths because the husband. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Then, like, oh yeah. Then there's yeah. Like, <laughs> there's like, yeah. This is the best death in the movie. Yeah. Then <laughs> to a crisp. Okay, so this film was shot in Utah. It's beautiful. Um. It opens on an obituary for Ellen Lee. And Which then- is creepy enough in itself. I don't know if you've spent extended time in Salt Lake City or in Utah. I just I've went never to Wise been. Guys. Yeah, I just, I just opened for him. It felt like I was in a fake city. SLC's it, weird spot. It was very clean, very yeah. nice. Nobody was there. That's what mm. it felt like the whole time. Yes. You know, it felt like you ever see the, the Langoliers, Stephen King's Langoliers. It felt like I had like... Gone Someone too far in time. Or, yes, mm-hmm. that's what it felt like. That's it. The streets are empty. It's very strange. yeah, very bizarre. So we then zoom in on a model home that we then come to find out is Peter's bedroom, the son, and Steve, the dad, is gathering him and his sister Charlie, who's asleep in a treehouse, for the grandmother's funeral. And now we're at grandma's funeral and in Annie's eulogy, she makes it clear that they had a difficult relationship. She's also surprised that so many people came that she didn't know, which makes sense later on. She loves drama. In this, this is the fact. The thing about this, you use, I understand we all have fucked up relationships with our parents and shit, but it's like, you know, but you get to that eulogy and you still can't. Like not use this opportunity to remind everybody. Take that a couple shots. A fucking, she's a fucking bitch. You know she's a bitch, and now she's a dead bitch. And you're like, it's a lot. It's a good way to set the tone of what Tony Collette's looking for as a mother. Oh God! All right, so she's wearing this necklace with this symbol on it as she's delivering this, you know, her eulogy and we see it. And then when little Charlie goes to her grandmother's casket, the grandmother also has the same necklace. We then find out Charlie is allergic to nuts because, Mm. you know, why not? And that'll come Sprinkle it in, yeah. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. With this, again, what all true horror does best, which I really do think is the callback. It's the every detail is necessary at the top of the film. For you to yeah. then see how it plays out, and it only really is revealed on repeat showings. hundred percent, the symbol you would never notice but that. You know, you know what's amazing about horror is that, like the ones that I like, the really bad ones that are also super watchable. 
they drop a bunch of hints that they never pay off because the script changes like five different (laughs) times and they're like, oh yeah, all right, no, I guess aliens? Fuck it, put it in. Yeah, literally, Michael Madsen didn't show up for the last two weeks of casting, last two weeks of filming, so now we have to re-edit the middle. You know what I mean? Like, it's that thing where you net, that's the issues they're dealing with. Yeah, there's there's no dropping hints when you have a day. To film something. But, um, um, all right. So, yeah, she's allergic to nuts, guys. And uh, it seems like the family's somewhat relieved that the grandmother's gone. Like, no one. Yeah, she except doesn't, for the daughter. Well, except for Charlie. But, yeah. like, the dad. And she was living with them towards the end of her life. So she died there, most likely. And little Charlie, you know, she's sad. She says to her mom, who's going to take care of me now that grandma's gone? Man, she's also, talk about walking around as Millie Shapiro, Mm -hmm. who's a very compelling actor as a young person, but like has a, like works in this movie, kind of has like a sort of like different look, kind of, can you imagine being that person, being that thing where you walk around and you're a professional monster to other people? And then you just get to be scary to other people, kind of like, oh, what's her, like the lady who plays the nun. Oh, yeah, she apparently is. Mm-hmm. But she's lovely woman, apparently. Funny, you know, like, kind of, like, dirty. You know, she's, like, yeah. a smoker, like, a fun person. But then, except for once in a while, you have to look at her and be like, huh, oh, you're the nun. That's got to be scary. <laughs> just, like, walking around like that, just being the cre- You're a creepy person. I have not gotten into that. I, I saw the nun, nice set pieces, you know. Oh, it's bad film. That. It's not great. No. It's bad film, though. Yeah. So, okay. Uh... Charlie's been drawing her grandmother. She also loves to draw a little Charlie, quite artistic. Kind of a shitty artist, but shitty. we'll, we'll leave that very, there. Very shitty. Artist, it's creepy. Actually. It's a creepy uh, hobby for all kids. Drawing. It's a creepy hobby. Yep, I hate it. <laughs> drawing hate people it in caskets. There. Well, it's just that. Yeah, it's that thing. They always because their their imaginations are un, un, unfettered and they they don't know that what they're what they're drawing is deeply haunting and traumatizing. <laughs> How old were you when you saw your first dead body, like in a wake or on the street? Like, how old were you? I actually saw a dead body when I was in, probably like twelve. I saw because I didn't see I, I didn't go to any funerals that I remember until after college, but I saw a dude dead on the street when I was a young, when I was a kid in New York, when I was going to middle school, I saw a dude dead that was impaled through a fence post. Like it was a thing. It was, he had a whole, he was covered. It was a gang thing. It was like very, it was a gang thing. Remember it clear as day. Is this from the wire season one? What is this? This is, I I used to have to walk from where my parents lived in Woodhaven, Queens. I used to go to ozone park where at the time was like extremely dangerous part of New York Mm -hmm. city when I was growing up. So this is around like 95, 96 and it was like the shit was the city was really really different but yeah i remember seeing a dead body then and it was you know that's obviously i'm fine (laughs) yeah i mean look at me definitely didn't create a world of macabre industry (laughs) that i'm now a part of (laughs) what about you when was your first dead body um you know probably a funeral like definitely like i think like my great aunt or something Mm -hmm. like that i forget who i saw first um but yeah, they all look different, you know. No, do- no dead yeah. body is the same. I think the most disturbing, and obviously, you know, I've seen like my mom's dead body and like stuff that wasn't pleasant because I knew them so well. No, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But one time I saw a body, and this was somebody who jumped in front of the f- fucking six train, and I was oh, trying to yeah. get in work, and I had just looked down. They had a flashlight, and all I saw was like the guts open. 
that's it. Just yeah. like we from the train it. tracks. Um, and I and then I looked to the right and I saw Henry furiously masturbating. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Remember every detail, Henry. Remember every detail. <laughs> Okay, let's get through it. Um, Okay, so Annie is looking through her mom's stuff and she finds a note from her mom asking for forgiveness and for her not to hate her and says our sacrifice will pale to the next reward. So she then sees a vision of her mom in the corner. So now shit's starting to get a little creepy, right? Like, Well, again, incredible thing about a horror film is we got to start the scares early. We got to get them often. And I don't want to feel a moment of relaxation. Like, don't, like, we're pushing forward. Like, immediately, we know something's yeah. fucked. No, that's great. Yeah, totally. And okay, so now we're at school with Charlie, and she's making some weird little toy. And all of a sudden, a bird flies right into the window, smacks into it, and dies. And everybody's running to it. And she's just staring at the teacher's desk. And then you realize she's staring at scissors, which she then uses to go outside, cut off the bird's head. So it's pretty cool. She's which a is a recurring creepy. theme, everybody. <laughs> yes. Lots of head loss. Mm-hmm. I did used to, when I was a kid, I would, I would collect dead crabs and put them in a bucket under my house. I don't know. See, I thought you were going to say under your just like a sea captain. Yeah, the ghost yeah. of a sea captain. Like, ah, <laughs> technically. Mix a biscuit her on for the children. You also like went to the Jersey Shore all the time. So yeah. it was kind of like the only thing well, you I could I wasn't find. meeting any girls. So that's what I did <laughs> no. instead. No, you weren't. Definitely weren't with your your bucket of rotting crabs. But no, I feel like that's normal. And I also think that, you know, cutting the head off of a bird. You know, on one side, you know, you do obviously have the Jeffrey Dahmers of the world and people that do that do this. And then some of these people, though, turn into veterinarians because yeah. I don't know if you've met somebody. I love my veterinarians and I think a lot of them are truly very, you know, they love animals. Mm-hmm. But I think like with human surgeons, you also probably do kind of find a lot of them that have sort of a callous sort of. Uh, attention they are interested in the bodies of these things mm-hmm. but then they are uh, they use that for science and they don't feel these emotions because the emotions would actually make them bad at their jobs of course I don't yeah. know you would not want a surgeon to operate on you and be afraid of blood or like I don't anything. need an empath surgeon I want <laughs> I, my I surgeon to be Holistic. rock solid I want him to feel nothing well yeah. I talked to somebody who works in like the medical liabilities field and she's like, well, it's interesting. She goes, because a lot of the doctors that get sued are actually great doctors, but their bedside manner is terrible. So people terrible. thought people thought that they did wrong. She goes, but the ones, the nice doctors, those are the ones you got to watch. It's like that, uh, what was the thing that was just on Peacock? Uh, Dr. Death. Was it Dr. Death? or yeah, Dr. Death. Oh, yeah, yeah. With, uh, Where that guy was that old story is great. That guy Never just, be nice. That guy, <laughs> that guy is just proof that like not everyone should have a dream, man. Because like almost every like for every story that's like he bombed a bunch of times, but then he got good and he made it. There should also be Doctor Death, where it's like, yeah, some jobs you shouldn't bomb a couple times. Some jobs you I should feel be pretty like good up top. At some point, can we just cut all of the medical students that passed with the D? You know what I mean? Like the people that just make it past the lip yeah. in all of these places. Like, like you got your from a Caribbean, you got your med degree from the Caribbean. Like, come on, man, what's going on here? But yeah, she's creepy, man. She's very this creepy. This girl's creepy. She's creepy. And uh, no one's here for, for her. No, no one cares about it. Has no friends. Well, I'm looking at pictures of Millie Shapiro now. She's like a like a Zoomer now. Yes. She's like a full TikToker now. Mm-hmm. She's got oh, like she pink is? hair and stuff. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Try not good. to be creepy. Did, I, she's looking good. I feel like they did a little bit of something to her to make her look 
creepy. Extra creepy. Le- exactly. Yeah, they did. Because she does have uh, a bone disease, which she also. Does. But no, they added like a look to her. They yeah. added like a, a prosthetic. Yes, you could tell. Which um, that's got to be. Uh, can I just say, before we get, you know, to her, you know, untimely demise in this movie, mm-hmm. um, it is really unfortunate when someone is just hired because they have uh, like a bone disease and they're like, you'd no, be man. great. Like, you'd be oh, it's great, great for casting. It's you want great. That. My buddy, my buddy, Ben, uh, Ben, he works for um, Ben Bladen is a, he started as a zombie actor. He has yeah. a he worked for your pretty face is going to hell. He had this degenerative bone disease that is causing him to sort of curve. He's got a thing he's dealing with, but he's like, man. Because of The Walking Dead, he worked for The Walking Dead as a premier zombie because of his crazy look. He yeah. works all the time now. Yeah. And he's like, you just kind of, he's like, I embrace it. I take care of myself. I got all my shit. And now I'm just creepy guy. I take guy. care of That's myself? What, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> I make sure it still looks shitty every day. <laughs> I make sure I still look terrible. <laughs> he's made a huge living off of it. I was like, man, that's the fucking... I got It's kind of great in a way, you know? Yeah. Like, that's all you gotta... You just gotta make it through years of hell. Yeah. And then you might just be an incredible character actor. At the end of it. <laughs> might. <laughs> but uh, might. I'll, okay, I'll so, just take over. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Um, she essentially, um, later in the movie, he gets... Invited. What I love about this movie is the high school scenes are so normal. Everyone in high school is normal. Mm-hmm. And the teachers are normal. The kids aren't yep. mean to anybody. Mm-mm. It's the yep. only place that's normal in the no, whole fucking movie. they're actually concerned. Is high school, which yeah. is which you never see. Usually, like we're walking, no. we're talking about Carrie at one point, and uh, and you know everybody's so fucking mean to her. And mm-hmm. this is the opposite. Nobody's mean at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Technically, the high schoolers are all the nicest people in the movie. They're oh, so nice. 100%. They're all like, yeah, and it's like, it's all just like, oh, he's got pot. Let's all smoke pot. Mm-hmm. So he goes to this party, this barbecue. No, you're messing. Hold on. This is why I'm doing the plot because uh, now you're moving uh, too far ahead, kid. Okay, so Annie sees that her mom's Time bedroom- is money, baby. Time is money. <laughs> Annie sees that her mom's bedroom door is open. And she's like, why is that open? Who was in there? She sees this weird triangle on the floor. He gets a call, Steve, while they're locking the door up, and he finds out that the grave has been desecrated. And so he's asking, like, well, what do you mean? Yes. <laughs> Henry's the only guy I know when he dies, he's going to want someone to desecrate his grave. I mean, it's the only way I know I was legit my whole life. <laughs> it's the only way to know. Just scoop up that fucking body. Oh, God. Okay. I mean, something's going to happen. So, uh... Okay, fine. We can skip to the party now because she just goes to a bereavement group and you find out more about her relationship with her mom and we get a glimpse this of This is the only out. part of the movie where I was like, I give it cheese. Well, I'll see, because I grew up in a, uh, my my grandmother was our worst family member. Right? Well, you like, also grew up in a family where a- someone like, there was an emotional problem. They're just like, all right, here's Big ZD. We're good. Yes. Very, very <laughs> classic you know, European immigrant family where food was the only thing that was on point. Everything else was kind of rough. And my grandmother was like this, who was the villain of our family. My mom's arms went psychosomatically dead. She went through a thing with her teen in her teenage years where her arms just stopped working because of the stress level in the home. Oh my so gosh. I do oh, like that's I think that's a part of the reason why I identify with this movie so much in the beginning. Because you watch it and you're like I totally know what it's like to have evil grandma. What's worse, getting your family destroyed by an evil or just being Irish? 
That, <laughs> I, I feel by the end of it, I was like, I feel like I've seen the end, this type of end just for a normal Irish family, and there's no yeah, question yeah, mark. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's nice to actually have the demons, because then it's an excuse <laughs> that other people can get into. Yeah, you can you blame I mean? it on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah not just frozen emotions. <laughs> we find little Charlie at her desk making the toy that she was working on, and now we see the bird... The head is on it. The bird's head that she cut off. She follows this weird orb that we see a couple times throughout the movie, follows it outside. We see a woman, the grandmother, in a field with fire around her. And then to the party. To the party. He wants to go to this party to impress this chick. What I always find interesting about this party scene is that I have never once, especially in high school or college, went to a place where anybody served food. Oh, that's I have. I ate an entire wheel of brie once at a party. <laughs> That's now, incredible. Now, now you understand her attraction to him. <laughs> you didn't before. <laughs> yeah. But now, now, now eating an entire wheel of cheese in one sitting. That's a real future Mrs. St. Germain. And it wasn't even on display. I went in the kids I went in the kids' refrigerator and took it out and his like nonna had made it and was for dinner. I, I I ate it. I ate the whole thing. It was delicious. I, 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 I feel like I just didn't go to the right parties. You have to grow up on Long dessert. Island. There's a lot of yeah. food. It's a lot of Italians. It's a lot of Jewish people. And so we just would have parties together. And there was always some sort of a spread. Even if it wasn't put out for us, we'd still go in the fridge and eat. That's incredible. No, we I, I partied in Florida, so it wasn't. T- Tony, that, what, yeah. it, it was just fucking uh, meth on the. Yeah, it was just bath salts and. <laughs> scuba gear um but like uh yeah this uh tony colette aka annie forces him to take the sister which is like weird but then later on you realize like oh she's like subconsciously trying to fulfill the prophecy too um that's what again what's awesome about the movie is that now if upon repeat viewings you know that they've been fucked since minute one yeah because mm-hmm. there's no reason for her to go to this party at all oh, she's really 13 is what is she in eighth grade yeah ninth? she's she's like 13 she's, I guess in, eighth she's grade. in ninth yeah. grade she's clearly yeah. not having a fun time there okay so i she- mean she's creepy yeah, I will put it that creepy. way. She's fucking creepy. We're trying to get her out of the house. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's also maybe because that's the thing. We now just got a second dog, too. And yeah, you, you got to socialize the first. Yeah. I didn't realize that the first dog was so backwards socially Ooh. until we got the second dog. And now we're trying to put him together. But that's the thing. It probably helps to get you. Maybe you think, oh, get this creepy girl out of the house. Maybe yeah. she could go experience some fun in her life. She can kind of maybe, you know, not. Be like this forever. Sick of the tiny dolls. Sick of the beheaded birds. Like, there's got to be other By the way, hobbies she can pick can up. Can I just say, PSA to anyone, like, that never works out. Like, don't bring no. your creepy friend to a non-creepy place. Get them, like, to a half. Like, take them out to Applebee's first. See how they can handle that. Don't take them to a full-blown party because they're not ready for that yet. That's like trying to, like, letting your golden retriever out to the Serengeti or something. Dude, you know? this is such a true lesson from the comedy world. Where you just you really got to think about who you mix, who you bring into the new your actual friend yeah. group yeah. from the comedian world because you never know. A lot of times these guys are just looking for a way out of their tenement house. <laughs> so that's why they're at the open mic. You didn't understand that their real world is like yeah. some like super shady world where a bunch of Russian dudes and everybody's just selling white powders and it's not drugs. <laughs> Like real Even worse, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, he she accidentally eats a cake. Wait, before that though, we have to bring up the fact that we zoom in on a an electrical pole that 
when you watch this a few times, you see it's the same symbol that was on the necklace that her mother and her grandmother had on the pole that we'll revisit in a minute. Go on, Dan. Okay, so that's on the pole. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I I really don't think that I made a mistake there, but that's fine. (laughs) I Um, think that's important. (laughs) Anyway. um, There's a reason. I love... I love this tension. <laughs> Let's see how this marriage turns out. Anyway, a podcast I forced my wife into because I was like, maybe they'll like me more if they no, see I'm married. He's like, you know, <laughs> I think I desperately need a woman here. Please. <laughs> he needs a win. for my humanity. Uh, anyway, so she accidentally eats a cake with nuts in it. She, her throat starts closing up. He speeds away to get to the hospital. She's sticking her head out like a golden retriever to get air. Ends up fucking decapitating herself. And then, which is like, this is fucked. I wrote on, I wrote on the show Moral Compass, uh, and, and Sarah cast it. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out uh, Tyler and Adam. Yeah, the um, best. Nice. But it's like the mo- it's like this thing where it's like a, like a, it's the whole sketch is like something really fucked up happens, and then the comedy comes from reacting. And after her head falls off. There is a moment I'm like, this is so fucked up. But watching it a second time, it's a little funny. It's a little like funny. just seeing him like put the seatbelt on and then slowly drive back home and acting it's like fucked nothing. Up. It's like fucked up but funny. It's 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 really well. You know up. that it it, had, it gives a really good reaction. You know, like when you, I just was like, I just recently cut the living shit out of myself, Ooh. like while I was cooking. You know that like moment when you do something. And you have that feeling of like, have I just permanently fucked up everything? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. have I just done something where, have I just lost function of my finger? Did I just cut through a whole important yeah. series of tendons in my finger? Like that <laughs> feeling where it's just like, that dude nails that. Oh, look. he's great. So good. He nails it. That's why, but I, that's where the, hu- I feel like I do understand. Alexander like, that's Wolf, how I felt right? during- Alexander Wolf, yes. yeah. During Bo is Afraid, right? I went to go see Bo is Afraid same by Same director, guys. Same director. Mm-hmm. Same director. I was just laughing, right? I was laughing because if, I don't know if you've seen it yet. I've not. Have you seen it? Uh, Spaventa has, our audio producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. It's one of those movies where the horror is, it's a horror movie about what if every one of your intrusive thoughts is real. That's like the name. Of, that's basically oh, the movie. Oh, there's that's like my anxiety. It's really great that I just saw where it's the guy... Uh, I, my friends are trying to kill me or something like that. Yes, that, yes. That, that movie's so anxiety-provoking because mm-hmm. it's just... This movie is yeah. the same. It's three hours of it. But I was laughing because yeah. I completely... I was just like, yep, yep, Scott had that one. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, that one. Yeah, And I was just laughing just for the recognition. So I can see seeing this because it's that feeling of like, oh, everything's different now. Mm-hmm. Now everything's different. This drive home is going to be the last moments I have as essentially as me who right. was before this incident. Now, mm-hmm. which is also fantastic to end the first act of a movie with. Mm-hmm. Talk about yeah. just great movie making. Like the thing where you're like, oh, now this anything that was a semblance of that was barely holding on to normalcy. Is yeah. now gone. Well, now where it's like we're, you're in free fall before the nightmare. Ha- this is the nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it, it's that it's already happened. You th- yeah, you yeah. think that's you're the worst thing that could happen, and you're like, why did this happen? But also, so- when that when that happened <gasps> the clock? in the movie theater, uh-huh. I always like we I ever want one, and I was I remember just being like, oh shit! It was like my first reaction, like oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a go- once you pop. 
don't stop. I knew. I was like, this is going to be great. Because you get like, oh, man. I, my one thing, when we used to hang out in New York, now we're on other coasts, but like you pop the way that I would pop or wrestling fans pop for like a finishing move, you pop for horror deaths. You're like, oh, I do. Fuck nice. yeah. Yeah, I go, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like literally, I said it through. I miss New York theaters for that because yeah. you can't. L.A. theaters are so quiet. Mm-hmm. So it's just, also L.A., you can feel the resentment of the people who weren't chosen to work on the movie in the theater. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. Like, oh, Honestly, really? That's who they went with? Fuck or who this. worked yeah. on the movie and hated it? The, oh, the yeah. scariest part about this is they used him as second AD. <laughs> That's, it, is, it is true. Yeah, and then he goes home. So he is in shock. And that moment, he's just sitting there and then, yeah, takes off, goes home. I, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, that was a dream. He had a nightmare because he wakes up and the parents are just like exchanging pleasantries and, oh, I'm going to run out. And then you hear her take off and then you hear her scream. Tony Collette. Scary. This is why Natalie can't watch the movie again is Tony Collette and her reactions in these scenes. Show her this and then show her Muriel's wedding. (laughs) Then she'll be like, yeah, yeah, flip it. It's a happier moment. Yeah. Um, So the body is in the car and that's when you realize like holy shit this is real this really happened so she's wailing we go on to the funeral of course poor little charlie doesn't have a Beautiful lot of friends there casket by the way oh i didn't notice the color you no. would notice those no, kinds of things although that my interesting my great-grandmother was buried in a purple casket because it was her favorite color and my mom also took photos of her body in there and my sisters and I were like please put the fucking camera well, down when your mom got in there with her that was <laughs> are you, are you you're fully you're fully like New York right mm-hmm. you like 100%. New York or Long Island yeah because that's very interesting because it's very different because in southern communities it's way more prevalent that I used because I used to work as a, a old school photo de- developer um for Eckerd's right and I used to do it by hand manual every serial killer job you've had you see, I have I know true. and it was it was one of those where I you, I used to see roll after roll after roll of a dead person in a casket mm-hmm. that they would go and just because they forget humans look at these. I used to see disgusting things in mm-hmm. these in these real on these rolls. Like, but that was also it's haunting. And so one time, what you could do was is that you could um, you could mark like if you saw like we would do a thing every once in a while if you saw a particularly funny video we'd mark one as destroyed and we'd print a couple extra for oh, ourselves. Yeah, and we'd of course, use those yeah. Oh god! And so one that we did was that I had a bunch of pictures of this dude in a casket that I duplicated, and then my roommate was Ed Larson who was in Murder Fist and on mm-hmm. LPN with me and all that kind of yeah. shit. And I f- I filled the inside Love of the it. blanket of his bed with all of these pictures <laughs> of this dead man in a casket. It was great. Yeah, that was really fun. Me and my friend Nick did that drunk, but with just a guy's headshots. We just went around we ran around the house, which was actually scarier in a weird way. I think so. But now I've since apologized for it. I'm certain that a couple a year has been taken off of my life because of the actions that I made. Yeah. Uh, so Peter's starting to feel a little guilt here, right? He's starting to hear things, panic attacks, hear some clucking. That's a little thing that she used to do, which mm-hmm. I think dealt with her because she was uncomfortable around people, and so that was a way of like dealing Ooh, with scary it. Noise. I Very wrote it scary noise. Scary noise. Yeah. Hold on, let me see. And it's just like we can all do that, right? 
Uh, we can all do that, yeah. Great. Okay, cool. So, having panic attacks. <laughs> awesome. Uh, oh, we have to bring in Ann Dowd now. So, Ann Dowd, we're introduced to her character. Well, we were beginning, we're introduced to her at the event, but we you don't have the talk. Her. Yeah, we just see her. Mm-hmm. And now they're talking. And God, she's good, too. So she's good. good. She's so good. And you think she's a swarm. Like, you're like, oh, she's going to be the heart of the film. She's going to be the one that, like, takes this tragedy and makes it something beautiful. Her son and grandson both drowned. And maybe, possibly. Who knows? Well, at this Probably time, not, we think so, right? Yeah, swish, swish, swish. And Annie actually goes to her house and tells her about a time she was sleepwalking, and she poured paint thinner all over the kids and went to strike a match. And Peter woke up, and he never forgave her for that. And she's like, "No, but I was sleepwalking." So, which fair no. thing to not forgive your mom for? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, a, on it's one of those things. Because the thing is, we know... That's not she didn't like, buy you the wrong Ninja Turtle, you know? No, because you know it's in her subconscious. Of course. If she's you know that she's doing, doing something. Yeah. She wants it actually. Mm-hmm. Like, it's past It's past the thing that she'd made. I have a question that's for both of you guys. Now, with the subconscious, do you think she's trying to kill them to stop the demon? Or do you think she's yes. doing that in concert with the demon? So that's an even scarier oh, element. I think where she's with the demon. She's... I think, I think she's in the end, but I think in the beginning she's like trying to kill her son so he doesn't possess the demon. But if, I think that's what they, they are the line that is going to accept payment, right? Right. So what I believe what they I mean, my this is my judgment. Yeah. Is that that is her unconscious trying to stop it from happening, mm-hmm. and because yeah. in this movie everything that's quote unquote bad that happens is good, and everything that is good that happens like you know them saying like joan's supposed to be good she's actually bad everything is kind of flipped in this movie so her trying to kill the kids in my mind was her trying to end the line huh and it was something from inside casey anthony's like see see this is what (laughs) i'm trying to do you see (laughs) oh my goodness okay so now we're at dinner right and annie and peter and Steve, poor Steve has cooked a dinner. And she and Peter get into it. No one talks about Steve. Nobody cares about the husband. Also, this and dinner how looks often, delicious. This is so good. This he is delicious. Gabriel, Gabriel Byrne is incredible. He's incredible. He's an incredible husband. He's so good. I, I think in a lot of ways in this movie, he's Adrian and Rocky. Because all he is <laughs> is concerned looks. The whole his whole role mm-hmm. is just concerned looks, and he's he's there as a red herring because you think he's going to be evil, and he's just concerned the oh, whole time, and, and he he's dies. Burned that's it. To a well, that's at the end. He plays, which is very commonly a female role. Yeah, that's which true. is the he's just the concern. He goes, I just wish that everybody could sit down and have a normal dinner. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like meanwhile, like they're all being run by the god, the evil god payment. He's Shelley Duvall yes, in the shine. He is, you know? yeah. Well, she is a little bit we more just, powerful. I we think. just got to get through this couple of months and everything will be okay. <laughs> <laughs> it never is. So, yeah. So, basically, we do the seance. She thinks that she communicates with Ann Dowd's, you know, dead son. Turns out uh, she was not. She was communicating with something else. They go back. Um, she goes back to her house, gets her, gets her son, gets her father, gets them together, thinks that if they you know, say this incantation or whatever, um, then they'll be able to, you know, rid themselves of uh, the the grief and horror that they've dealt with with losing their kid. But of course, you know, it just makes all this spooky shit happen and these lights mm-hmm. move. Oh, yeah. And it just seems Never like... Never do it! 
No, it just seems like, like they just put the, like it seems like the devil goes into second gear in this scene. But have you guys ever used like a Ouija board or any of that? Yeah. Like yeah. that was always like seen as like I mean to me like I I would take part in one in a seance. I mean, you know, I the would. thing about the Ouija yeah, board me too. is probably scarier. Yeah. It's just like the factory workers who died making the Ouija boards, you know? Like, I mean, I feel like that's, that's probably what you're going to Milton and Bradley. But that's also Monopoly. Yeah. That's just Milton Bradley's. Just Milton Bradley. People dying. My goal to do, I want to do a legit seance. I would like to, but I really do think you have to do it carefully. I don't know. Because it's, it's weird. It's, it, it, there's definitely a chicken and the egg about, this type scenario when it comes to these things about what is a projection of our brain that we kind of reverberates back to us in the form of paranormal activity. Mm -hmm. There's like, you know, like just reality in general, how we deal with reality, like maybe some, you know, maybe ghosts are kind of interdimensional, like kind of like track marks of energy, you know, like that type type of shit. Or, Or are there stuff that's like got a personality that's right behind the wall, right? That then can act like things that are familiar to us mm-hmm. that then can communicate to us. That's where you get tricky. My, you don't my know. sister just went to medium to try to contact my mom. But a lot of the times, you know, a lot of these women are just, and men are just complete fucking hucksters, you know, you have to decide what it is that you want to get out of this scenario mm-hmm. and, right. and and something like that, because you have to basically decide for yourself, is this real and walk through that process. But I, but I feel like it's been so close since she died that yeah. you might not. It's so raw. Mm-hmm. It's so raw that They're it's still very in that middle. Like they haven't gone to whether or not you believe in a heaven and a hell. They're still trapped. Like in well, the I don't really want to think about that. No, but. not your mom. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we gotta go relieve. We gotta go dig heaven. her up. I'm sorry. I know it's <laughs> very sensitive for you, Dan, but we're gonna have to dig up your mother and see if she's still alive. I'm sorry. It's, she, was it's she was cremated. How do we put that together, Henry? Find God, out. That's gonna be hard. I'm gonna have to call. We I'll call. We I'll use one of our PAs here at the, at the network. They'll sift through the ashes. <laughs> Just poor, poor Marcus walking in on his fucking. His I think he'd just be like, "Oh, sifting. good ashes for me." <laughs> ah. Um, okay, so we're now realizing that Annie is done, lost it. Like she gets water thrown at her by Steve to sort of stop. You know, whatever oh, because she starts talking as the daughter. What you think yes. is the daughter? Oh yeah. Yes. But yeah, it's so good. If it's the daughter. Who knows? And she's scaring the shit out of Peter. Yeah. Her son, poor Peter, man. And now he's getting into it. He hears the clucking. He's in the class and he's starting to like go crazy and he bang. Oh, wait, doesn't he see a face first? No, he sees, sees himself smiling. And oh, he's already seen like his sister in the room and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But he sees himself smiling and this turns him turns into him bashing his face as hard as he can on the table, yes. which was in all the previews, which is an awesome scene. Oh, and so still cool. devastating. And now... Since everybody has since, I feel like Hereditary, artistically then, set up a bunch of moments that everybody has been ripping off ever since. And this is one of those. The bashing the head into the table. You think that's a little like smile? It is. Everybody's been ripping off of the Hereditary ever since. It's this move and the move later on when you'll see the other woman fast smashing her head against the the, the, the treehouse thing. Everybody's doing that thing now. But Alexander Wolf apparently... Really broke his nose in that. Well, scene. he wanted to. 
apparently. Wait, in real? He, he really you no, know, he fucked his leg up. I just read this. Oh, he, okay. he fucked his leg up and he, he, he busted himself open. But I don't think it was a foam desk. So I don't think that the director wouldn't let him break his nose. But yeah, he wanted yeah, to break yeah, his yeah. nose because that's, you know, the Jeremy Strong man. American actors have to live through it. Unlike British actors like, I'll put on a funny hat and I'm Willy Wonka. You know, like, <laughs> I've um, never Amer- understood. American actors have to be like, I have to emaciate myself. I'm going to kill my own children to know what it's like. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's when Shia bad. LaBeouf, like, he cut open his own face and removed one of his teeth or whatever. Yeah, and it's just, just like, like, nobody cares, bro. Dude, nobody Fury cares. was a mid-range drama. <laughs> nobody cared. <laughs> We find out Grandma's body is in the attic. Yeah. That's what we find out next. Okay? Yeah, so she Peter, is. She's up there. <laughs> and we see the symbol again. And I could just imagine. Henry's face right now, it's just like kid on Christmas morning. And oh I God. imagine that was your face the whole time watching this. Huh? Well, I love this movie. I really, because again, it's like, scare me, daddy. Like, fucking go all the way. I appreciate films. That go 110%. You know what I mean? I want it to be over the top. Like, just go go for yeah. it. Because go this is a movie. It. It's not a stage play. There's yeah. not like... I also understand now we're kind of struggling. I know I am trying to create something that is... Because in order to make a small, truly like small horror movie that's like a house and four people, it has to be like this. Where it's... The script is so brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you can, and it's so hard if you have so if you have. Or you just what I do like and write me. a five million dollar horror movie and no one buys it. You know, have that's a bunch two, of two and a half million. That's what two my and a half goes. million. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're trying to do. Same thing. Where you're like, Ugh. you know, me like we'll throw a big All of a monster. You put in the it. rocket ships in. You're like, ah, oh, this is yeah, no yeah, fun. Yeah, this God, God damn it. Uh, <laughs> oh. Okay, so um, Steve goes up there, husband, and he finds it, and that's. You know, then you know it's legit. She wasn't making it up. The body is really there. Because you do have that moment where you're like, did she imagine this? Because she keeps like having these sleepwalking moments, like when she sees the ants and she follows them and Peter's in bed and then she's choking him and he's like, why are you hurting me? So she Yeah, that's a scary moment too. I forgot about that one. When she's grabbing and you don't know it's her because it's like behind the bed. Like she comes in behind and then she's standing there. But who knows? You see the shirt. No, it is. The shirt matches. The shirt matches. It's her shirt that she had on. so (laughs) fucking good at the micro scares that build up scenes. This is the thing. Watch a boring movie. If you go and watch another movie that is like, all right, I like The Dark and the Wicked. Right, the dark yeah, and the wicked yeah. is the it's the bag serial version of Hereditary in many ways, because there's many sequences in Dark and the w- Wicked where nothing happens. Story's very different. This, than, I don't think it's a ripoff, but it's 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 there's, there's things it's in the same wheelhouse. But it's the idea Hereditary never lets you go. Mm-mm. You're right. You never it's have a moment. Always, no, something's never always lets you go. There's always like a moment, even like when the girls are just mixing the walnuts in Dread. the cake. You're just like, just dread. oh, she's allergic. We know it because Steve asked her if there were nuts in the Hershey's bar. Like, so now you're putting it all together. Yeah. Do you think so, yeah, Ari Aster's get... a, cre- you think he's a creepy guy? No, he like, sounds he's, like the he sweetest seems like man. He's a nice guy. I have some of his quotes, but yeah, he sweetheart. like a, like a sweetheart. And he sweetheart, was young, but... right? He was like 31 when he did this. Also, he plays. Oh, yeah. He's the voice of the guy at the um, gallery where she's supposed to have a show. That Look he's at this little nerd. Look at this he's little cute. nerdy guy. Sweet. I've never seen his face before. Yeah, I don't trust it. 
Yeah, he looks like a. He's got like well, male we, we feminist some, face. We got kind of the climax of the second act here, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, um, I keep saying Adrian Brody, but uh, I wish what's his name? Fucking uh, Gabriel Byrne. Mm-hmm. And her Gabriel Byrne kind of like says you're mentally ill. Tries to have to come to Jesus moment with her. Um, she's like, no, please, please. It'll be fine. We just have to. We just have to destroy this. You know, this Necronomicon, which is just like photos of it, and then it'll go away. It'll mm-hmm. go away. Uh, he, you know, was like, "I'm not going to throw it in. You're men- you're mentally ill." She throws it in. He immediately is engulfed in flames. Yes! Dies immediately, and then she clicks, and then you see she's now full demon. And the end of the second yes! act. Second act. The end of the second act. There's no more questions over whether or not this is in anyone's head. It's all real. It's all a nightmare. And you get that you get that feeling and then the most haunting thing in the world is that right afterwards the kid wakes up mm-hmm. and you realize he's waking up to what is now a fully realized family nightmare mm-hmm. it's awesome when he bursts into flames Man, I freaked out. I remember the, the theater, literally, as soon as it happened, our whole row was like, no way, yeah. <laughs> it's also sad because at that moment, too, you, you kind of feel like oh, Gabriel Byrne might actually be able to help. He's the one who's going to help here. He's going to do the thing. And I, immediately, Ari Aster's like, no. That's nope. why he was killed. No, he's not. They didn't he, want him to help. He was interfering. No. Samuel L. Jackson in a Deep Blue Sea, man. Get rid of the hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get rid of him. All right. So third act, uh, this kid wakes up. He's 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 kind of like slowly walking around the house while Tony Collette is on all fours crawling behind him. Oh, it's so creepy. He yes. Go- he sees a uh he sees a dead uh he says he sees a dead burnt body uh which is his father, Peter. Mm-hmm. Um with Steve. Uh, Steve, sorry, mm-hmm. he's Peter. And then in in the back of him, Annie is on the ceiling on all fours. You don't see that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then good wire work. Move to the left. And me and Sarah were debating this. You see a naked man. Is that is that Paimon or is that just another uh, um, like? My theory is that it is another cult member. It's just another cult member. It's not Mm -hmm. Paimon. Yes. Because there are several naked people that you see at times. Yes. And then also you realize they're all real. They're all real. Yeah. And they're They're all real. So he thinks he's seeing a fake thing, but it's a real thing. So Mm -hmm. you were like, that's, yeah. So then his mom chases him around. She chases him up to the attic, which again, you think he's escaping, but no, this is again, all part of the plan. Mm -hmm. She's slamming her head against the wall. He gets up there. (laughs) Which has been copied now endlessly. uh, Endlessly. He sees the decapitated mom. He then... uh, Grandma. Grandma. He then realizes just what this is all about because he sees pictures of himself everywhere. He looks Mm -hmm. over... The famous scene, Tony Collette is using a piano wire to decapitate herself. As she's like levitating. He then sees more naked old people, which at, at some point I'm like, is this just lemon party? Is the end of this <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. big reveal? If you want to be happy for the rest of your life, don't let the It's just old people fucking. That's like the scariest thing That's anyone can come up with. That's the scariest part of the movie. You know, it's like yeah, the yeah, be like, and then we see there. Old butts. Yeah, they decapitate. Like, Whoa! They, they decapit. They thought decapitating a child was less scary than a naked old person. They waited on the naked old person rather than. He found his dad's child. charred body, and yeah. he didn't jump out a window, but he saw like no. one fat naked man. <laughs> he and he swan dived so fast. Oh God! No, time, I thought that he had died when he jumped out of the window but he doesn't die no he yeah. does no die. he doesn't die but he just he, knocks out he just no. gets knocked out and possessed wait a minute i thought well right but char he's dead well, like peter's he's, gone it's his peter's body gone. is a vessel 
Charlie's yes. spirit then goes into it. So but he I thought is he broke dead. his neck or something, but no, he doesn't. No, he is dead. Charlie. Charlie. No, I think that, yes, Peter, the the entity that was Peter is now gone. Okay. Charlie is now in the body. Mm-hmm. He jumps out the window, but he quote unquote lived because he's being kind of. Well, it's not Charlie. I thought it was this, King. I thought it was. Uh, it is Paymon. Paymon. Is Paymon right? is lying about being Charlie. Charlie's ghost. Right. It's pay, It's Paymon who goes in the and then he uh, walks to the treehouse, which we've seen throughout the whole movie mm-hmm. um, as as a place of refuge. And of course. This guy, Ari, knows how to take every place of refuge and turn it into a little nightmare factory. He goes he up does. there, uh, and Dad's there. Everybody's praying. Mm-hmm. He realizes he's king. And that's the end of the movie, man. The prophecy mm-hmm. yeah. has been fulfilled, and uh, payment. Now, this is my question. We have a, we have a question this hard movie. What happens after? Which is a, a, just a Who funny question because, like, it ruins the whole movie when you ask that. For <laughs> yeah, 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 movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever you ask it, what happens after it ruins the whole horror movie? And my whole thing here is, is like, well, what does he do? Does he control the world, or does he, does he just go back and like run that craft store that Ann Dowd was in? Is that what the devil does? Like, what <laughs> well, is he I think doing? they got to re. What I is feel his next like move? he will be truly very sad. And what his next moves are is understanding, oh, I went through all of this bullshit just to continue to have this sort of like middle manager demon like existence. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk, we actually kind of broach this on your pretty face is going to hell where Satan in your pretty face is going to hell is revealed at one point is a spoiler, but he's revealed that he is one of many middle managers in a world of hell. Right, so I think that yeah. payment is really because he is that, right? In the world of because there is an IP and Payman's an like one of the nine of kings. Demons. Yeah, right. yeah he he's, he's probably has to crew. wait for the other king, the devil, to really take over, right? To show like, up, yeah. all, and then all from how the many of, them, of Solomon? And like, and then can you see how like maybe as you go, like you know how in uh uh. Uh, what cabin of the woods mm-hmm. where you see you have the other teams all trying to keep the end of the world from happening. Yeah. So what if there's all the other eight Kings have to make it through all of these various things like, you know, and maybe he finds out you become, now you're in charge of all these old people. They all want you to fuck and suck and be a part of their like orgies every week. It's actually but, terrible. Yeah. It's a terrible, but existence. now one of the other eight kings got set fire to by their mother. Didn't get to make it to the end. Now you don't have. You can't turn into the Voltron of the devil. No, himself. he's just running a senior center. Yeah. That's already what it is. He, he's just running an assisted living facility now. Which is, if you've been to one of those places, it is hell. Um, it is hell. And now he could see how the truth. It's why he was so scared because his whole life from then on is going to be all about old Dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it from now on. That's the Dick rest and of his tits. St- sad life, his whole life. Yeah. Just, just fucking Old unabashed puss. bush. Old puss <laughs> for the rest of his Old, unbelievable. Old, Old puss and stinky weenie, I buddy. did read somewhere that by placing that symbol on the electrical pole, um, that it signified that it was the best way to tear the family apart. And thus yes. by tearing them apart... You know what I mean? That's how Payman was able to infiltrate this family because what ends up happening? She turns against her son. She turns against her husband. Yes. And they were actively 
going against the family in real life too, in quote unquote meat space. There were actual cult members that were helping facilitate this and do this. Mm -hmm. So that where the end of the movie, where a lot of people criticize this movie because of the end of the movie. And to me, the end of the movie is what makes the end of the movie is that it goes hyper gonzo because it kind of makes up not Natalie and I, again, we watch all these movies. We, uh, part of my, our thing as we've gotten older is that I kind of either need, revenge mm -hmm. right i kind of either need like some form of we we're we're trying to make this right for like kind of artistic license mm -hmm. that something bad happened to the first the, the lead in the beginning you kind of hoping they can get some kind of vengeance towards the end to feel satisfied for me i'm just as satisfied as long as everybody dies and everything explodes like it goes really yeah. really because mm -hmm. then it's really what this movie is about is the fact that even in the title hereditary they couldn't escape it if they wanted to. Yeah. Well, it's is there the any horror movies that you like where it's a happy ending? Yes, many of them. I well, like, I, mean, Jaws, I actually, right? Yeah. Jaws. I like movies where the, I like final girl movies. I like people who make it through. Yeah. I like, cause it's fun for me. Cause then it's also, there's something about it where their revenge is fun. Like yeah. as long as the right. revenge mechanism's really fun, like everybody gets back. Cause then you kind of like, Cabin in the Woods is a great example of the neo-futuristic version of that, where in the end, the end of the world is them getting their, like, their revenge, mm -hmm. which is really fun to do. That they, We've all been, we've been all been played with by this giant, weird end of the world's corporation. It's like, fuck you then. Fuck it. No. All right. Give it back to the old gods. It's done. And I, there's something about that I find highly satisfying. But otherwise, I but I don't like everything always to be bleak, 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 bleak. It's why I couldn't watch. I had to stop watching Games of Thrones. I actually that's why I stopped watching television, for the most part. Where it's like, stop manipulating me, please. I'm sick of feeling all these sad. I'm sick of feeling sad. You are gonna love sad. Secession. Let me tell you. If you I just like, it so I just want. I just need something on the other side of it. I need a mixture of the two with my TV. If you're going to, because like horrifying, I love. But if you're going to be sad, you need to give me something on the other side. That's why Last of Us is crushing it. It's because it's like sad, 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 sad. But then Pedro Pascal comes and kills everybody, mm -hmm. which is like, that's what I like. Yeah, it's uh, Last of Us is re really good. But uh, yeah, I would put this top tier, man, top tier. We don't really have a ranking system. Because the, the thing is, we've written, we were watching so many good ones. It's like. How do you fucking rate The Shining or this or Carrie? It's like they're all great. Yeah, you know, it's like they're all no, awesome. No, like there's all five stars. Hey, Henry. Oh, yes, Spavetta's coming in here. Spavetta, that terrifying voice <laughs> out of nowhere from it's the back. Payment, payments hey, here. Payment. Hey. Having seen all three of Ari Aster's uh, feature-length movies, what? How would you rank them? Because uh, after I watched this, I was like, maybe Hereditary's at the top. After I saw Bo is Afraid, I was like, maybe this is the best one. So what? You know, what? what how would you rank them? I love Hereditary. It's better than Midsummer. So Hereditary, it is better than Midsummer. Mm -hmm. I did like Midsummer. I, did, I did really like better. Midsummer. Um, but yeah, it's Hereditary. Bo is afraid Midsummer for me right now because only because Bo and Bo is afraid is such an it's great in scope. It's definitely like maybe I would say you know from from someone who's not a genius at filmmaking like Ari Oster, I would say like maybe cut the last twenty five minutes off. But I feel like about that about any movie that's past two hours long. Yeah. So it's like I but it it held the first two and a half hours of Bo is Afraid went by like that. I didn't even mm -hmm. know. I was literally just laughing yeah. and purely entertained the entire time. 
I gotta check it out, Henry. Uh, it's fucked up, Henry. You, what can you? Obviously, you have Last Podcast Network, which is a, a, a um, umbrella of great shows. Um, we got all we our shows. I would say check out our. Uh, we're trying to do more Twitch streams, but we're going to be announcing more of that. I also uh, we have Last Comic Book on the Left Volume Three. If you go to z2comics.com, oh, very you can cool. go and order that. Um, we've really been. It's crazy. We got crazy. Uh, the 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 talent, the comic talent. It really shows. It's kind of sad being on the inside of all these comic companies now, like talking to DC and Marvel and all these places. And these wait, poor so, so you guys people, have a podcast about? Oh, it's a comic book about you three. No, we're writing. We just are writing comic. Oh, so books it's kind of like, like creep show sort of thing. Like there's different. Well, that for the the last comic book on the left is an anthology series that has mm. Marcus and I have written little books for it, but it's an anthology series kind of about the content that's within the world of last podcast on the left. But yeah. the comic artists that got to to write on it are fucking great and 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 write on and draw on it are incredible. Yeah. Um. But man, the, working for DC and working for these other companies, they just don't seem to give a. These comic book artists seem to be really at the low end of the pole here. And it's sad it's, because they've created all of the work that you all love. Well, it's as yeah, human like that's the whole you know what's so crazy? It's like with Stan Lee, he's known for taking guys credit, but now he doesn't get the money either cuz he sold no. Marvel. Isn't so he it's dead? just these gigantic He's, he's dead. dead he's dead, but the, we're going to dig sure. him up the, <laughs> in honor of this movie. Yeah, Seriously. But no, it's that that's the one thing that's kind of sad. So the very they're still at the very bottom rung. Which yeah. is really sad because they're the ones actually creating the ideas that everyone else is purchasing and then flipping into premier television. So you know, if your local you buy a, buy a, a coffee for your local comic book artist if you see one because they will be serving that coffee to you. <laughs> they might be. They really they might be. <laughs> uh, all right, Henry, dude, thanks so much. Henry, for doing you're this. the I best, really dude. This is great. Buddy. I love you, man. See you <laughs> love next you, buddy. Bye, so Henry. good to see you, so man. So good to see you. Follow the show on Instagram and TikTok at the It Couple Podcast. And if you have a question or comment about horror movies, send us an email at the It Couple Podcast at gmail.com. Tune in next week for The Shining with our guest, Ilana Glazer. Here's Johnny. Ah!